0: Welcome to Crosslink Community Church Podcast, where we prize Jesus, make disciples, and love people well. We are so glad you're here, and wherever you're listening from, we believe you will be more acquainted with the heartbeat of God through today's message. Well, good morning. So, uh, forgive me for hiding in a room before we started, and when we end, I will be leaving immediately. I... Got fiercely sick last night. Um, and, uh, I, like, I don't want to be dramatic, but the man flu is true. It's true. Um, uh, man, it, it came out of nowhere for me. I had this fever that, unlike anything, I literally was praying, God protect my kids. I'm going home. I'm dying tonight. Um, why do you laugh? There should be sympathy in this room. I came here, and you guys are laughing. Uh, and so, um, yeah, it was, it was crazy, um, but uh, yeah, I came anyways. Uh, the good news is that this morning will probably be, uh, be short. Um, <laughs> you guys are abundantly like s- supportive. Um, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Hebrews chapter, chapter eleven. This is where we will be. Um, uh, faith is a curious thing. Uh, We've been walking through this series called Faith Over Failure, um, trying to understand what it looks like to navigate this life knowing that we're still going to fail that we're still gonna struggle, that we're still gonna have issues, um, but in some way and somehow, uh, we have this faith that, that gets us through. And, and to be honest, uh, oftentimes, like the song we just got done singing, uh, we find ourselves straying, our hearts will stray, our minds will stray, like we find ourselves in precarious situations and uh, uh, hoping that God will get us out of them. Um, and sometimes uh, we don't like his plan. And it takes too long. And so, so here, the thing about faith is, um, man, uh, there, there is a... So my wife and I went to Chicago uh, this, this past week. We got to go for a couple of days. And, and obviously a lot of skyscrapers. Um, but uh, there's this thing called the tilt. I don't know if you've seen any videos of this. But you go up on this 94th floor uh, of this building. Uh, and I am, I am terrified of heights. Uh, I don't like heights and uh, go up there and, and you literally, you literally like hold on to these rails and it tilts you out slowly. And uh, my wife's like, I really want to do that. I'm like, good, you can, you can do that. I'm not going to do that. And I stayed to that commitment. She tried to convince me to go. I said, there's no way that's miserable. Like that's the worst thing you could do. And, and the reason is because maybe I lack faith. Like how do we know that this won't be that time? that time that the hydraulics go out and I'm gone. Like I just I don't know, I don't trust it. Um, because the thing about faith is that there is some uh, looking to or trusting in whoever created and built this, um, that they knew what they were doing. And I just wasn't there. I wasn't there already. She did it had a great time and she made it through. Either way. Um, if you go to have uh, open heart surgery, and the guy tells you right before hey, uh, Yeah, this is my first time unsupervised. Like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. Can we get someone else, please? Because the reality is when we put our trust in someone, we want to know that they have been able to have a proven record of coming through. And we want to know that. And, and so the, the reason why I can get on an airplane and fly is because every time before that, I've gone on an airplane and flown somewhere, it's, it's done, it's the right thing. We've made it. And the reality is that so often The one who has always been and will always be the most faithful is God himself. Yet he's the one that we don't trust enough. So we're going to see that here this morning. In Hebrews chapter 11, if you have your Bible, let's read this together. Verse: uh, We walked through Moses last week, um, and we uh, are going to see the Exodus here this morning. Verse 27, this is what it says. By faith he, Moses... "'Left Egypt not being afraid of the anger of the king, "'for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. "'By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood "'so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. "'By faith the people crossed the Red Sea on dry land, "'and the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned.'" Now, there's a lot going on here, as we discussed with Moses last week. He begins to lead the people of Israel out of slavery, out of Egypt, and on um, their way out, they meet their first obstacle. And so what we're going to do this morning, take a little bit of time and go all the way back to Exodus chapter 14. So if you have your Bibles, turn back there. Exodus Uh, 14. It's interesting because if you're familiar with the story, the one thing that happened right before they were released from Egypt is that they were asked to put blood on their doorposts so that when the angel of The Lord came through, the angel death came through that their firstborns would not be taken, but the house of Egypt or Pharaoh, theirs would. And so what ends up happening, um, which is crazy to me, I don't have a lot of time to dive into that here this morning. It's not really the point, Um, but it is interesting to me that the start of Moses was Pharaoh... Um, taking all of the male children and throwing them in the Nile. Uh, and then as the the plagues progressed, as God continued to go after the heart of Pharaoh, all the way to the point where his heart was so hardened, he didn't even care anymore, that what, what ends up happening is that they lose their their children as well. And so where we pick up is after they left, they left Egypt, they're on their way, uh, and Moses is the first pastor of the first mega church. and here's what happens. Verse 1 of chapter 14, Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of that name, between Migdal and the sea, and in baal Zephon, uh, You shall encamp facing it by the sea." For Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land the wilderness has shut them in. And I, the Lord speaking, will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all of the host, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. And they did so. Verse 5, when the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled The mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people, and they said, What is this we have done, that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took um, his army with him. He took over 600 chosen chariots and other chariots of Egypt with the officers over all of them. Now, this is important. It's a little different time frame than us, but having this many chariots is a very powerful thing. Uh, This is setting up to let us know that if for some reason uh, Pharaoh and his army makes it to where Israel is at, that Israel will not survive. This is letting us know that in this story between the two people groups, whether it be Egypt or Israel, Egypt is far superior. He's far stronger. He has more resources. He has the chariots. Israel does not. And so the way this is setting up is that the only way they can survive, the only way Israel can get out of this is if God himself comes through. And so this is what's going on. So he's on his way. Verse eight, and the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt and pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen and his army, and overtook the, uh, them encamped at the sea at, in front of Baal Siphon. <laughs> Verse 10 uh, When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. Now, I don't know if you underline or highlight in your, your Bible. This would be a good point to, uh, to, to underline uh, because what we read in Hebrews chapter 11 is that the Israelites left Egypt by faith and crossed the Red Sea. But what we see in the story immediately, what we see unfolding before us in real time is that when they saw that Pharaoh and his army was pursuing them, they feared greatly. They feared Uh, It seems to be a natural proclivity of humanity, but let's see what else happens. And the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Um, Like when you read this, I I tend to feel bad for Moses um, because he had to deal with a lot of complaining. They get out of Egypt, out of slavery, out of bondage, and all of a sudden, what we have going on is they immediately, when they see the first obstacle, begin to complain. What have you done to us, bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians. It's fascinating that in some way in their heritage and everything going on in the past 400 years, that they got to Egypt through Joseph. And then all of a sudden, because they began to grow and multiply, they were made into slaves. And then they decided, you know, this is a better option for us. Let's just stay here. Moses, we don't want to leave. We don't like being slaves, but we don't want to leave. Leave us alone for it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand firm, and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. And I love, this is one of my favorite verses in Exodus. The Lord will fight for you, all Um, And you have only to be silent or just shut up. (laughs) In some translations, it says, be still. Um, I love in the ESV, it says, be silent, because in this whole time, they're complaining. And uh, Moses looks at them and says, listen, the Lord's going to fight for you. And not because you deserve it, but he's going to fight for you anyways. All you need to do is be uh, silent. So I, I just have a couple of points I'd like to bring out before we finish The story. Um, When Israel decided to follow Moses and go into the wilderness and head towards the Red Sea, they decided to take um, that time to walk with God. Wherever God led is where they were going. In fact, what we know is that God was leading them by uh, fire by night and a cloud of smoke by day. So they were being led by God himself out into the wilderness in escaping Egypt. And in walking with God, there are a few things that took place here that I think um, are very similar to what happens with us. And here's the first one, that in walking with God, sometimes the obstacles in front of us are so daunting that we respond in fear instead of faith. This is the natural proclivity of humanity. For them, it says it here in verse 10, that Pharaoh drew near to the people. Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them, and they feared greatly. The reality is so often is that when there's an obstacle in front of us that our first reaction tends to be fear. And if you need an example, I think I I can use this safely now. COVID. Oh, no. (laughs) It blew me away. Oftentimes the response, and don't, don't, don't get me wrong, like it was unprecedented times. In fact, we heard that word more than any other word during that season. But when this obstacle that was uncertain, unknown, that we didn't know anything about came, like our first reaction seemed to be out of fear. And we saw the reaction of the church uh, inevitably respond out of fear. And so what happens in our lives, I mean, this is a normal thing is that we tend to go to fear instead of faith. And we wanna say, no, I'm a man, I'm a woman of faith. But the reality is, if there's an obstacle that is so large, so formidable, that we can't understand or explain, our reaction oftentimes is fear, not a leaning into the Lord. And so this is what Israel does. Not only do they do that, I don't know if you've ever seen this, but sometimes in walking with God, the obstacles in front of us are so formidable we begin to complain more than trust. This is the innate position of the fallen heart. That, that what ends up happening for you and I, as we start to say things like, why would God let us go here? Why would he allow this to happen to me? Why are we walking through this? And then we start to complain and we start to compare and contrast and say, why did they have it so uh, great? And over here, everything's falling apart. When it rains, it pours. My life is miserable. And so what ends up happening is we take this Eeyore stance. You remember Eeyore? Yeah. Like it's always going to rain. And so our reaction is out of complaining instead of trusting. And in being in ministry for uh, a long time, one of the things I've realized in my own life and in pastoring churches is that we have the proclivity to complain. Anyone? Just read someone's Facebook, it's insane. Like, our reaction, and and it's not, there's nothing new under the sun. What happened with Israel? They feared, and then they began to complain. Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? Like, that's sarcasm, in case you didn't know. Like, they're complaining to Moses, like, it would have been better for us to stay in Egypt, and now we're going to die out here. (coughs) Thank you for that, Moses. Their reaction is to fear and complain, but there's more. And walking with God, sometimes the obstacles in front of us are so concerning that we want to revert backwards and go back to what we know, even if those things were still destroying us. They're like, can we just go back to Egypt. Yes, we were in bondage. We were in slavery. They did not treat us well. They weren't treating us like humanity at all. Let, let's go. It's better to be there than here. What do you, what do you mean? Like, is, uh, Egypt hasn't even got to them yet. All they're seeing is that Pharaoh is coming and they seem to be trapped. They don't even know that, or, or trust in that God is going to deliver. Although we will read in Hebrews chapter 11 that they had faith that God would deliver. But in the moment, they didn't. And the moment they complained, and in the moment they thought going back to Egypt was a better option than trusting God. This is every idol we run to. Every, everything that we run to um, and <coughs> excuse me, what ends up happening for you and I is that we tend to run back to things that leave us broken and distraught and frustrated. And we're like, how did I get here again? And then God delivers and you're excited and you move forward and you walk in that deliverance for a little while. And then what ends up happening by way of either stress or anxiety or depression or uncertainty, it tends to push you back to the things that you know. You revert back to those things. And so for, um, for Israel, it's better to be back in Egypt. It's, it's why people return to unhealthy relationships. It's why people turn to alcohol and drugs. It's why people turn to work. It's why we go back to these things that consume us because in all reality, we're trying to escape the reality in front of us. Um, What is abundantly clear is that God calls us to a stillness and a silence in the midst of darkness and turmoil. They feared, they complained, they wanted to revert, go back to Egypt, look what God says. (coughs) God says here, and the Egyptians, oh, that's not the right verse. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. Like maybe sometimes, sometimes God is allowing certain chaos to happen around us, to cause us to slow down, to be still, and to be silent. Like, like, how often do we do that? Like, we live in a world that is that is at a fast pace, and so what ends up happening is that we're easily distracted with so many other things. And what God is calling us to is to be still and be silent. <coughs> in fact, I think in Psalm uh, was it 10:46? Do you have that up on the screen? Maybe. No. Yeah. Be still. Oh, you had it, yep. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations and I will be exalted in the earth. What's crazy is that this is one of the most quoted Bible verses out there, yet it's the one that we don't apply the most. Be still and know that he is God. And we don't do it. And in fact, what ends up happening is that we don't calm ourselves, hey, thank you, calm ourselves or be in a situation or position where we we actually want to trust that God knows what he's doing. In fact, I think for most of us, we want to figure it out ourselves. And so we stay busy and we stay constant and we complain, and we fear, and all these things are going on. And what Moses tells Israel is still applicable for today. And that is the Lord will fight for you. There is a a predicament that I was in once. (laughs) And, uh, you ever, you ever get yourself in a situation and you want the other person to be exposed for who they really are? Okay. I just want to make sure I'm not alone. Uh, and so I was in this position once where I wanted, like, I just felt like, like, this person pulled the wool over everyone's eyes. I'm like, what's going on? Like, why can't people see it? Like, this, why am I the only one? Is it me? And so you wrestle with all of this stuff. And so I, I remember struggling with this. I'm like, should, should I be the guy? Like, am I the guy that needs to expose this guy? And which uh, and, well, is never a good idea to do. And so I'm trying to wrestle through this. And I, and I remember reading Psalm 63. And Psalm 63, it says that David that David's position is to rejoice in the Lord and God will shut the mouths of liars. We want it to be the other way around. Can I, can I be the one to shut the mouths of liars? Do you do mind? Can can I be the one to expose their uh, inadequacies and their sins? Like, let me be that guy. And what ends up happening is like, no, God will be the one who will shut the mouths of liars. Our responsibility, what we're called to do is be still and praise. And when we be still and praise, what ends up happening is that God comes through. He will still fight for us now as He always has. And you and I don't deserve, we don't deserve for Him to fight for us. There is nothing that Israel did that they deserved or earned that God would fight for them. Nothing. In fact, it seems like they did everything opposite. When the night is dark and circumstances are bleak, how do we know that God will continue to fight for us and remain faithful? Because I can look back and see that he was faithful then, he can be faithful now that God is unchanging in his character. Our situations and our circumstances and our hearts are ever-changing. Therefore, because he is unchanging, he will always come through. We're the ones that are fickle. We're the ones that change. He doesn't. And so I, I want to read the rest of this event, and then we're going to end with Psalms uh, 77. But I want you to see how faithful God is through this event. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. Um, If I was Moses, this has never been done before. So God's asking him to lift up his staff to split the sea. (laughs) Excuse me? Yeah, lift up your staff and then split the sea. Uh, And so he does it, stretches out his hand, lifts up his staff to divide the sea. In verse 17, and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. Uh, And I will get the glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts and his chariots and horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots and horsemen his horsemen. Then the angel of God, who was going before the hosts of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the hosts of Egypt and, um, and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry uh, land and the waters were divided and the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, the waters being a wall to them, their right and on their left and the Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea. All Pharaoh's horses, his chariots and his horsemen and in the morning, apparently this took a while, started at night, ends in the morning. I don't, I don't know about you, um, but potentially partway through, you look at the wall of water on your left and right, you wonder, how long is it going to stay there? Anyone? Like, similar to me to doing the tilt, which I'm not going to do. You start to quote, okay, I see, God, you're doing something miraculous right now. This has never been done, never been seen. We're walking on dry land, but there's probably that one moment, like halfway through, where there's really no turning back. Like, like you're either going to get to the other side or you're going to be drowned, and you see the walls of water to your left and to your right, and you have two options. Options are respond in fear and go back, or respond in trust and believe that God knows what He's doing. And so they continue to push forward. And the Egyptians follow. Um, And in the morning, watch the Lord and the pillar of fire and uh, of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces and threw the Egyptian forces into a panic, clogging their chariot with wheels so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, let us flee from before Israel for the Lord fights for them against The Egyptians and then the Lord said to Moses stretch out your hand over the sea that the water may come back upon the Egyptians upon their chariots and upon their horses. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And all the Egyptians fled into it. The Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen and all of the hosts of Pharaoh had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right and on their left. So, this is, this is one of those events that if you grew up in church um, and you went to Sunday school, like this is one of those Sunday school stories. But what I think is that if things get dark for us now, I, I don't know what it is for you, like we, maybe you have some obstacle in front of you, whatever it is, um, that I believe that if God can do what he did here, then he can still be faithful in my storm. That when things are dark and bleak and things are traumatic and um, there are things coming my way, I believe that because God is faithful here, he will be faithful uh, now. And, and I, I said in the video that I recorded, if you watch those on our social medias, um, uh, Chad Bird mentioned this. He says, when your day is cloaked with darkness, that sometimes you have to borrow the light from the past to make it through. Meaning that sometimes what it takes to move through, what it takes to have faith is that our faith connects our past with our present to help us move forward. That we look back to what God has done before and because he's unchanging and never failing, he's going to come through again, even if it's not the way I want it to be. So in conclusion, Sierra can make her way up. Psalm 77. I think this is brilliant. I want to end with this this morning. Psalm 77. See if you've ever found yourself in this this place. Verse one says this, I cry aloud to God, aloud to God, and he will hear me. In the day of my trouble, I seek the Lord. In the night, my hand is stretched out without wearying. My soul refuses to be comforted. When I remember God, I moan. When I meditate, my spirit faints. You hold my eyelids open. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I consider the days of old, the years long ago. And so I said, let me remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart, Uh, which is interesting. Because if you continue to read in Exodus, after they made it to the other side, what you have is the song of Moses. They sing together, uh, which is an interesting response. When God tends to be glorious, I think our response is to celebrate that. Anyways, this is what happens. Um, I said, the Lord, remember my song in the night. Let me meditate in my heart. Then my spirit may diligent search. Will the Lord spurn forever? And never again be favorable. Has his steadfast love forever ceased? I can't tell you how often I've talked to people who started a relationship with the Lord but found out later on that they didn't like what the Lord was doing. They didn't believe in him anymore. They walked away. And so I think this happens so often. Uh, It doesn't seem like he's favorable. It doesn't seem like he's steadfast. It doesn't seem like he's coming through. My life is dark and falling apart. Like these are the things that happen. Has God forgotten to be gracious? Anyone ever hear someone say that? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in his anger shut up his compassion? Then I said, I will appeal to this, to the ears of the right hand of the Most High. Okay, so so when you find yourself in this position, where it seems like God has not been compassionate, where it seems like he's not been gracious, where it seems like he's not been favorable, where it seems like things aren't going the way you want them to go, I need you to see how the psalmist responds. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your wonders of old. I will ponder all of your work and meditate on your mighty Deeds. Your way, O God, is holy. What God is great like our God. You are the God who works wonders. You have made known your might among the peoples with your arm, redeemed your people, the children of Jacob and Joseph. So maybe sometimes what it takes for you and I is to remember that He's still the same God. That He still comes through. That even though it may not seem like it, even though it, what we know is that he brought Israel on dry land and that he will still come through. He will fight for you and what he asks us to do is be still and be silent. So here's what we're going to do. I asked them to do a specific song um, for us this morning to close. I think it's brilliant. Um, and I think this song kind of allows us to reflect on if God did those things back then, he can still do them today, because he's that faithful. So you close your eyes for me, I'm gonna pray, and then they're gonna lead us in the song. To my left and to my right, there'll be people who will come up to pray with you if you find yourself in a difficult situation. And maybe you just, maybe you just wanna be still for a moment. Maybe your life has been chaotic and busy. It's our desire that you use this time to be still and know that he is God and that he is forever faithful. Father, we love you. We thank you for this moment. We thank you that you always come through. That no weapon formed against us will prosper, that you fight for us, that you are faithful and will always be. So Father, whatever it is that we're walking through in this season, it's my desire that we look back to what you have done and then what you are doing and that we just trust in who you are, your character, your steadfastness, your love, and your ever-pursuing grace. So Father, have your way here this morning. Thank you for listening to Crosslink Community Church Podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit our website at www.crosslinkchurch.com or join us in person on Sunday mornings at 1020 a.m. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a single message and share with a friend. Thank you again for listening.